You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Black Hat is in the books with lessons on automation and differentiation. Cyber espionage surges in the South China Sea. U.S. concerns over the security of voting systems persist. ISIS and al-Qaeda continue to compete for jihadi mindshare. The heist exploit is troubling, but not yet in the wild, we think. The Rio Olympics get ready to open, and banking malware is ready, too. Apple announces a bug bounty. Cyber companies are said to prepare layoffs. And we think a security company is helping make Pokemon safe. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Friday, August 5th, 2016. Black Hat USA 2016 is in the books, and its participants are headed home or wherever else Black Hat symposiasts go when the show's over and it's time to move on. We'll have more on the conference over the course of next week, but if we might summarize the industry trends we're seeing, we'd say that investors and customers are both looking for differentiation. Point solutions, how elegant, are plentiful, and it's difficult to get through the noise and hear the signal. So understand what problem you're solving and be clear on your value proposition. Those customers and investors are also looking for approaches to security that address the notorious shortages in skilled cyber professional labor. Not only do they want solutions that can automate security functions now performed by scarce human operators, but they also want solutions that easily integrate into the enterprise. Hard-to-deploy products that require a lot of maintenance and attention are non-starters. This is no doubt obvious, but the number of young companies offering the high-maintenance and the difficult-to-deploy suggests that it's worth repeating. TechCrunch is running a nice summary of four concepts that tended to dominate talks in Las Vegas. The first is behavioral baselining. This is regarded as essential for anomaly detection, and anomaly detection in its turn is seen as the alternative to the notoriously limited signature-based detection schemes long familiar in the industry. The next is active response, that is faster, more highly automated response to incidents. This is not to be confused with hacking back, a concept finding less favor nowadays, especially since the lawyers have gotten wind of it. Next is security analytics, especially when performed in the service of vulnerability recognition and management. And finally, public key cryptography, which of course you're familiar with, and this conference was nothing if not crypto-friendly. A lot of companies were talking these up. Again, they do well to consider how they might differentiate their offerings from competitors with similar elevator pitches. 
Over at DEF CON, DARPA ran its Capture the Flag competition for artificially intelligent systems yesterday. The winners will be announced later today, and then the machines will go on to compete against the naturally intelligent humans in a second round of Capture the Flag. DARPA doesn't expect the machines to win this time, but it thinks it's demonstrated the future of security. Turning to news of international cyber conflict, F-Secure continues to track the Nanhaishu Trojan implicated in collecting against China's opponents in the ongoing dispute over rights to the South China Sea. Nanhaishu appears to be an espionage tool, probably operated by Chinese services. Recorded Future has added to the accumulation of circumstantial evidence pointing to Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear as the actors behind the Democratic National Committee hack and other related operations against political campaign networks. Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear are closely tied, respectively, to Russia's FSB and GRU. There's much dudgeon in the U.S. over foreign attempts to influence November's elections, and the Secretary of Homeland Security says his department is looking into ways of improving voter security. Critics say that this involves some disingenuous reading of U.S. intelligence operations, with NSA watcher James Bamford charging in a Reuters op-ed that the U.S. is, quote, the only country ever to launch an actual cyber war, end quote, a contention that would probably be disputed in Estonia, Georgia, and Ukraine, to name three places that have received the ministrations of a large neighbor over the past ten years. The cyber act of war Bamford is referring to is, of course, the deployment of Stuxnet against the Iranian uranium separation centrifuges. ISIS is working hard to assert itself over Boko Haram's leadership in Nigeria, not altogether to the liking of local jihadi opinion. Boko Haram has been, in the ISIS view of things, too bloodthirsty in its attacks on moderate Muslims and their mosques. The drive to control Boko Haram is part of ISIS's recent determination to woo co-religionists it had hitherto been willing to attack. ISIS competitors in Al-Qaeda and various Taliban factions are similarly engaged in recruitment and inspiration campaigns online. Researchers described an exploit they're calling HEIST, which stands for HTTP Encrypted Information, can be stolen through TCP windows. An attack wouldn't require a man-in-the-middle position to execute, the researchers say. Heist has been demonstrated as a proof of concept, but not yet insofar as is known encountered in the wild. We heard from Justin Jett, Director of Compliance and Auditing at Plixer, who told the CyberWire that although we don't yet know whether Heist will develop into a significant threat, quote, users should be ever vigilant. One way to protect yourself against threats like Heist, he said, is to use ad-blocking software like the EFF's Privacy Badger. This would prevent the scripts from running on an infected site, thus preventing the attacker from being able to determine details from TCP response sizes. End quote. We'll be watching more for news of heist-like exploits. The Olympics open in Rio tonight amid heightened physical and cyber security. A banking Trojan, Panda Banker, has been observed spiking in host country, Brazil. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. 
Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And joining me once again is Malek Ben-Salem. She's the R&D manager for security at Accenture Technology Labs. Uh, Malek, I know an area of research for you is the the security implications when it comes to software-defined networking. Right. Um, So software-defined networking is an approach uh, to design, build, and manage networks that separates the network control from the forwarding plane of the network, which enables basically... A more network control enables the network to be more programmable and uh, the underlying infrastructure to be abstracted uh, for appliances and network services. It enables more innovation, so um, that's why companies are uh, some companies are adopting uh, this approach. But it also has its own security implications. Uh, one of them uh, is that by virtualizing the network, security admins or network admins no longer have visibility into the underlying infrastructure and into what's happening exactly in the network. And th- that creates basically new security challenges for them. Explain to me what you mean by that. Why, why would uh, having, the, having the network be software-based uh, take away that visibility? So basically, uh, they're adding a new layer on top of the infrastructure layer, which is this control layer that, that they interact with, which abstracts everything underneath. So they lose that visibility. They only see what's happening at, at the control layer without having the visibility of what's going on in the physical layer. Um, that's one challenge. The other challenge is uh, by creating the separation, everything basically becomes centralized into one point through the software-defined network controller. Uh, and that in and of itself creates new uh, threat models for the company because uh, the SDN controller beca- becomes a single point of failure for the network. But there are also even um, security advantages Uh, such as, uh, for example, the ability to uh, direct malicious traffic uh, to a Hyunite, creating Hyunites quickly and and directing any malicious traffic towards those Hyunites to collect more information about the adversary. All right. Malek Ben-Salem, thanks for joining us.
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. In some industry news that broke at the end of this week, Apple announced its intention to join a growing industry trend and start a bug bounty program. Only invited bug hunters will participate at first, a few dozen, says Cupertino. But the company's head of security engineering and architecture told people at Black Hat that they're not setting up an exclusive club. Other researchers may submit flaws they discover and so be considered for admission to the program. Bounties will range from $25,000 to $200,000, and Apple says it's willing to double the bounties paid to hunters who donate the proceeds to charity. One of the technologies Apple is known for is Siri, the automated assistant on the iPhone that responds to your voice. Android has Cortana, and Amazon sells their Echo with Alexa. We spoke with Galina Detskovsky, CEO of VaporStream, about voice-activated devices and privacy concerns. If you look at the younger population today, let's say the, the uh, kids, the teens, even the 20-somethings, they're typing a lot less and they're talking to their devices. Uh, they're speaking to the device and they want the answers or the finds read to them as opposed to reading them. So there's a lot more human-like interaction with the devices. In addition to that, we're seeing quite a number of devices that are specifically voice-activated but might not even have a keyboard input at all. So, for example, Alexa. If you look at Alexa uh, from uh, Amazon, you talk to Alexa. You uh, get answers from Alexa. You could play games with Alexa. There is no other way to interact with it. I think there are several assurances that we have to have from the manufacturers. So one is, is the device going to be listening even when I don't want it to be listening? Can the device be hacked to listen to me, right, and respond or report in kind? Can somebody hack uh, the storage of information? So if the information that I'm speaking and uh, I am receiving, is that stored somewhere? Is that... um, is that identifiable to me? Can that be hacked? How is that used? How is it given to third parties? Um, can that be used for espionage if I have this particular device in my office, right? And uh, maybe in the boardroom. What if I wear a device that I'm speaking to? Maybe it's not a, uh, a device that sits on my desktop, but it's a wearable that's voice activated. Can somebody hack that? Uh, what kind of information is produced. So I think those are issues that, first of all, one should be concerned about. And secondly, I think the manufacturers need to make people comfortable with. 
These types of devices are easy to use and fun to use, and there's a natural tension between that and security. There's always that trade-off of convenience versus security and privacy, and generally they happen to be at odds, right? So in some ways, you don't want to overprotect the device because you really want it to learn your voice signature and the way you speak and kind of use it like the fingerprint, right? So we are seeing the security on your phone now going to biometrics and, and finger scans. You don't have to type in a code, but you could just do that. And presumably that is a lot safer because uh, you are less likely to forget or lose your fingerprint and somebody else can't exactly duplicate it. So voice signatures are very similar. And you sort of want the device to know, like you said, your voice signature. Unfortunately, voice signatures, in fact, can be somewhat duplicated. And voice signature recognition is not absolutely perfect. Probably the, the device won't confuse you and me, but perhaps another deeper male voice could actually imitate yours, either on purpose or accidentally, especially if the phrase is relatively short. You agree to a certain set of privacy definitions when you click through the EULA, the End User License Agreement. But what's not so certain is what happens with a device like this from a legal point of view if it gets hacked. If something is recorded improperly, if you want to make an argument that you didn't wake up the device, it woke up based on the wrong word, right, or somebody hacked it, and now they're getting your information, and you are actually being illegally recorded, if you will, and somebody is taking that illegal recording and doing something with it which was not in the terms and conditions, who is liable? That's Galina Detskovsky. She's the CEO of VaporStream. In other industry news, two sector leaders, FireEye and Fortinet, are reported to be preparing or conducting layoffs. FireEye has announced a round of layoffs in response to disappointing earnings, and Fortinet is rumored to have begun significant layoffs that will hit marketing heavily. Other unnamed companies are also thought to be considering headcount reductions. We'll be watching to see if these rumors are confirmed by events. Finally, Looking Glass seems to have found a Pokemon-related revenue stream. Enterprises are telling them where Pokemon are unwelcome, and Looking Glass is working with Pokemon Masters Niantic to exclude them. Some are calling this killing Pokemon, but to us it looks more as if Looking Glass is keeping Pokemon safe. No one, least of all Looking Glass, would be heartless enough to kill Pikachu, but anyone would like to keep him out of traffic, transformer stations, military bases, and so on. Right, Chris? And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, 
The best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. 